Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. Thursday. It is Thursday. There are a few days left in 2023. It's almost the new year. And I'm doing my goal setting webinar on New Year's Day. So please, RSVP, come to the webinar 12 noon Pacific time on Monday. I have a lot of awesome goal setting tips and tricks to help you. And it's so important to set your goals. We're going to talk about that a little bit later tonight. We have zero questions. So anyone who's here live, oh, look, here's some questions in the chat. I just opened up the chat. There's some questions. Um, that's great that there's some questions. So we will be answering your questions. We're going to be talking about Herman's office hours. I'm going to be talking about my goal setting webinar, and I will put the link for you to RSVP in the goal setting webinar in the chat. So our first question, let's see. Oh, here's a question from Kina. Herman told me I could put marks on my rubber reins for my hand since I don't have rain stops. Where do I want the marks and do I need two to three sets of marks? So once you've shortened the reins to the appropriate length, then you go, okay, that's it. And you mark it there. But there's no, I mean, I can't tell you that it's 17 and a half inches. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're walking around and you're supple and you get his face vertical and he's round, then you say, okay, that's where that is. But I think, um, Kina, like it's the tape markers are oh, yeah, just for, visual, tape. they're just for a visual cue, but we definitely recommend having like either thick rubber reins or reins that have reins. stoppers. I think she had the rubber reins. Oh, okay. So then it'll grip and then she'll know where to do it okay next question is from marcia is it possible that my horse can spook if she is off balance and are stiff and weak on one side while on a circle she spooks often when i lunge her cantering clockwise that's a really good question but if it's that i would think it has more to do with sight if it's always the same on that one side yeah, like if your horse is looking more Trump, to the outside. Didn't Trump have that thing with his eye on that one side? Yeah. But I definitely think that horses, like, I've noticed that horses, the direction lunging that they're more comfortable on, they're more relaxed. And the direction that they're more off balance, right, the like, the they're spookier. The side, yeah. Like, horses don't like to be off balance, whether you're riding them or whether you're lunging them. So when they're off balance or they when they're sore safe. or uncomfortable and then they spook. So yes, absolutely. Um, I would recommend like if your horse gets spooked and crazy cantering clockwise, then work on getting her to bend, 
doing turn on the forehand on that side, getting her to relax more. And that should help to get her to relax more in the canter. And transitions will make her stronger. Okay, next question is from Nora. How does one begin formal flying change training on the offside? Our seven-year-old off the track thoroughbred favors the left side, not the right. So. I don't do it different for the offside. Well, what's important is if, if your horse favors one lead versus the other, you need to get the leads more even before you start working on the flying changes. Like you need to really be able to have a balanced right, okay. left lead canter, a balanced collected left lead canter and a balanced collected right lead canter. Because if one lead is like way better than the other, then Changing back to the uh, to the harder side is going to be quite difficult. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, that the weaker side needs to get way stronger because otherwise the horse will never want to switch back. Yeah, so work on really getting. It says a horse favors the left side, not the right. So you need to really, really work on improving the quality of the right lead canter. And walk canter transitions. A million walk canter because transitions. Because flying change is really just a walk canter transition done at the canter. So lots of walk canter transitions. And thank you, Barbara. Yes. So Barbara brings up a good point. I Tell us what you did last night. I, we took off the training wheels and uh, I did my very first on solo. Although Lexi helped me a ton, right? Like she yes. made it all happen for me. I just had to talk. But I did my first uh, office hours solo flight. So for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, inside of Strides, which is our like ongoing monthly program, we do office hour sessions. And that's, I think- So people send in their videos, two, three minutes, and, uh, and one of us on Team Amelia takes a look at it. So yeah. last night I did my office yeah. hours solo. But I think it's a really great opportunity to get a little bit of one-on-one -on -one feedback because while like we follow the training scale and there are certain exercises and sequence. Every horse and rider is a little different. And sometimes you just need that. Yeah, it's an eye on the ground to say like, oh, here's you need to do this differently. Um, you need to do this differently. And the office hours, I'm going to argue that they might be more helpful than a lesson because you can actually see what you're doing wrong and we can pause the video or replay a transition and kind of show you the steps of like here's where it started to go wrong here's what you need to improve here's your homework for the next time um so strides is my favorite program and we're going to be opening enrollment on new year's day so after the goal setting webinar strides will be open we don't open it very often so if you've been like dying to join strides um now soon will be an New Year's Day is the chance. So what are some other big takeaways from your office hours last night? Um, it just really came home. You know, we just remember thinking that contact is just an important part of, you know, so there's a reason it's in the training scale. And, uh, you, you know, nobody's driving a car without a steering wheel. And so, you know, your horses need contact and that contact is their security. And that doesn't mean you're anybody's holding or preventing or strong. It's just you, like you cuddle your puppy when you carry it. You the contact gives your horse security. Yeah, the contact so allows off, you, you to. Know, when I was because I have a horse that is quite difficult, right? Fidget is 
incognito is quite difficult. And, uh, and so, you know, when I see that and it reminds me of things that I should be doing on my horses. So yeah, it's good. But there's a balance of like contact versus hanging on your horse's mouth. Right, so but, how do you balance that? Contact is not hanging on your horse's mouth. What hanging, is contact? Uh, there's, you've got some weight that's elastic. It's like a rubber band. It's a bungee cord, right? You allow the horse to go forward, yet you still hold the reins. You have to hold without holding. And how do you influence your horse in the contact without, like, correctly? How do you correctly influence your horse in the contact? You still allow the horse to go forward and you supple. I think contact, so, though, in connection, it's it's the hardest it, part. It is difficult. It, for sure is. until you have felt it, right? You know, it's like, okay, so describe the color blue. If you haven't seen blue, you have, yeah. you have to experiment with it and feel it. And, oh, that's too much. And this is too little. I've stopped my horse. I've thrown him on the forehand. Yeah. Right? How do you describe color? Blue is what? So how do you describe yeah. that feeling? Well, and I think you also always have to go back to your seat because like contact really comes through your whole body. It's not just about your arms. It's about like your leg seat to the hand. Right. Your independent it's, seat allows the freedom. Right. Which is why a lot of like the classical way of training riders is without reins. Or stirrups and you get lunged. So um, another theme from Herman's office hours last night, I was listening in for like the first 20 minutes and I left. But All right. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think it is like submitting a video for office hours is a big deal, right? Because we all watch our videos and are a little bit ashamed of them. I think that, you know, we, we all, all want to ride better than yes. we're riding. And so you film yourself and you go home and you watch the video and you're like, oh my God, I suck. It's so bad. There's so much wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to send in my video. And then we beat ourselves up. And that's the lovely thing about the massage. You know, you can just be terrible forever. You don't <laughs> age out. You just can be miserable to yourself forever. Yes. But it, but so, you know, like we're all in the same boat and we all feel that way. And we're, putting yourself out there and submitting a video is what allows you to grow and growing sometimes is painful and it, you know, it's uncomfortable and that's part of the journey. So anyways, one of the students last night <laughs> submitted her video and she was like, Oh, it's just bad. It's just terrible. And what did you say? Um, I just said that bad isn't descriptive enough, right? You're it's being, not helpful. It's not really helpful. You're, this person's being mean, you know, it's self-critical, it's being mean to herself, but it doesn't, and it doesn't do justice to what's going on because it's not all bad. It's not all good. There's some good things happening. There's some bad things that are happening. And it's not even so much that it's bad. It just needs to be improved, right? It's, it's a skill. And the only way to get better at a skill is by practice. And so then dismissing everything, and that's the issue, dismissing everything out of hand isn't constructive. It doesn't help. It doesn't lead to anything. 
Yeah. And it's difficult to remove the emotion out of all of it and just look at it objectively and say, okay, this is okay, this is okay, that's not okay. And then why is it not okay? And then you can take some action. Yeah. But just throwing it all, you know, dismissing all of it because it's bad, it's isn't, it doesn't help. It's yeah. just not helpful. Yeah. And there's, so since I've been getting ready for this goal setting webinar and I've been listening to a lot of books and lectures and there's so much evidence that when you are positive, that it it opens you to more and more opportunities. Because like when you see, you know, the good in what you've achieved with your horse or like the good in a transition, it allows you that room and that idea like that you can improve and that you can get better. And so while, yes, you need to see like, okay, this is what isn't quite right. You also need to see like the gain and what has improved. And that's super, super important, especially because riding and horses is really hard and progress is so slow. Like it's so incredibly slow. And that's why the, there's, the, you know, the judges have a range of numbers because otherwise it would be only zeros and tens. Yeah. But there's a range in there because some things are all right. Some things are more than all right. Some things, you know, unsatisfactory, satisfactory, insufficient, fairly good, good. There's a range to what we're all doing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's always I've you know, I've worked with a lot of students and it's always the ones I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like my students that are generally positive and optimistic and like believe in themselves and believe in their horse those are the ones that make progress and i think that that's really really important to keep in mind not to say that you shouldn't be like delusional like you shouldn't be right. like oh my god i'm the best rider ever i'm going to the olympics tomorrow but just having that positive outlook is super important as my friend says all the time Reality is an acquired taste and it's not for everyone. Yeah, but you've got to like be grateful and see the good in the world and, you know, and yeah, be realistic. Right, because it's not all bad and it's not all good. Yeah. So anyways, I'm doing a goal setting webinar on Sunday. I've made up a little worksheet. So if you want to get the worksheet, RSVP, I hope you can come live because I'm doing a super secret segment only for people that come up come live but basically what i've done so i filled this out for my horse luigi and basically what i've done is at the beginning we're going to set a goal we're going to set a big goal for ourselves and setting goals is really really important because it gets you excited it gets you motivated it gives you a destination like something that you're working towards. And especially at the beginning of the year, it's a really good time to reflect on the past year and then set some intentions for the year ahead. So what are some good goals? What are some good riding goals for people to set? Herman always, I feel like one thing you always get your students to do is to work towards getting their medal. Yeah, I, I think that's because it's it's important to have achievable achievable goals. So first, I want to be the all being master of time, space, and dimension, and then I want to get my bronze medal. So, what is a bronze medal? Um, that's two scores of sixty percent or higher at first, second, and third level. 
And and then silver medal is the fourth, fourth level in pre Saint George. And gold medal is is either the intermediate one or two, and two from the Grand Prix. Yeah, and you, a lot of your students have gotten their medals. Yeah, yeah. I pushed them along on that um, because it gives us something to work towards, and so we're not just out here spinning our wheels, right? You know, there's a plan. We have a plan. There's a structure. These are what we're going to do. And then there's setbacks, right? I mean, there's the plan. Oh, yeah. You set your plan, <laughs> you know, and, and you make that plan based on the information at hand. And then, you know, six months down the road, four, whatever, yeah. something happens, things go, you get new information and then you adjust the plan, but you stay with the plan. Yeah. You just have to make adjustments along the way. Yeah. And like, to be honest, I've failed at a lot of goals. And you always, when you set a goal, you're going to fail, right? Like you're going to have setbacks and things are going to come up. And so you have to kind of like setting that. a goal. Isn't like opening a Christmas present. <laughs> like it's not all wrapped up in a bow. It isn't. And then they you're go, not going to give me my gold medal, my Grand Prix scores for Christmas. No, I, I, I had to sweat a lot for that. Yeah. But that's also what makes it so amazing. Like when you finally achieve your goal, is it's not like about achieving it it's about the journey like it's not about the destination it's about everything that you've worked towards to get there all the setbacks you've overcome all the failures that you've overcome like that's what really um keeps you going so i definitely think there was that irish band right i get knocked out but i get <laughs> up again you remember that song oh yeah Love that song. Maybe I should play that during my goal setting. It was such a great song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yeah. A great song. And I think with horses, you have to have that resilience and you have to have that grit. Like I was listening to this book that was talking about passion. So let me know in the chat if you would describe yourself as passionate about horses. On a scale of one to 10, how passionate are you about horses and riding? It's so funny. I try not to have any feelings in public and people know me. <laughs> so I'd rather not. <laughs> Seriously? It's You're not going to tell people about your passion level? I love the horses. Okay. You know, so the so, so, book I was reading was saying how when you're passionate about something, it allows you to endure a lot of suffering, which I think was so true about horses because like there's a lot of suffering that goes along with having a horse. Really, I mean, it does. But the passion just overcomes. overrides it. So it doesn't really feel like suffering. It's just like, oh, it's horses. You guys take the good <laughs> with the bad. Yeah. And you just keep like, you know, when I look that phone call at two in the morning, oh, like, what, yeah. New Year's, and I had to run oh, to the yeah. barn. Oh, man, nobody wants that call. No, but you know, with horses, it is just like one setback after the next. And sometimes you're like, why do I even do this? And it's just, it's the passion that keeps you going that you're like, because I feel weird when I'm not riding. Yeah. Right. Like so it just, it's like I an feel addiction. Off. I feel off and I feel like things just aren't right in the world when I'm not riding. We should start a 12 step program for <laughs> horse addicts. You know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's, I'm acutely aware when I'm not riding. Yes. 
Okay, so bottom line, come to the goal setting webinar because we're gonna set a BHAG and then we're gonna do all of the different categories specific to writing. Um, and you'll learn about some of my goal setting failures. Okay, a few more questions. So I recently started schooling my horse off property to prep for our first show. He's normally pretty quiet, but when schooling at new places, there's much tension, so much that our first several canter transitions come with their fair share of bucks. Do you have suggestions on how to prevent these and diffuse tension in new places in general? Um, I would start with lunging. Groundwork. And uh, I can't believe you mentioned that. I thought you were gonna be like, just get on and ride through it. That's what you would do. Right, that's <laughs> what I would just get in a two point and go scare people in the warm up because why not? <laughs> But lunging and uh, and let the horse go forward, right? Because he's got all that, you know, you gotta let steam out of the pot, right? So it's a little bit like a pressure cooker. So you just let them go forward and get some of that steam out of the pot. And if you don't wanna sit through it, do it on a lunge line. How was that? Very diplomatic, well done. Okay, um, there's another question here from someone else on Facebook. I signed up for your online workshop, got COVID and couldn't watch or work with my horse. Can I retake this? Yes. So pretty much all of my programs, if you sign up for them, you have lifetime access. So you can always go back and rewatch them. We're actually pretty exciting. We're moving onto our own platform. So all of our courses are going to be on ameliasdressageacademy.com. It's very fancy. The videos play a lot better. It's like all very exciting. Um, I started out doing these courses like four or five years ago and we used a platform called teachable which was great but we've kind of outgrown teachable so we're moving up from the training level platform to the grand prix platform there's a lot of new buttons yeah um, i mean it's just it's but hours. it's exciting yes so it's very exciting we have a lot more control. Be in house Okay, another question about groundwork. If you're planning on lunging and doing groundwork only, how long would you suggest doing each of these activities? Um, also wondered what diameter circle you recommend lunging. Guess what? I'm doing a webinar at the end of January about, well, it's gonna be about teaching your horse to pee off in hand, but I will be talking about some other groundwork stuff. So what's your recommendation? Uh, 20 meter circle and don't do more than five, six minutes in one direction change directions frequently yeah. when lunging um i think with lunging it's like and you oh, like i just try to watch when my horse starts to breathe and you can just see the body change where the horse is just starts to settle and relax yeah and now that varies from person to person i mean i'm willing to get on a horse that's not as relaxed say as some other riders but you know you see the horse start, it just starts to change and calm and that's yeah. when I'm ready to go. But I think um, like if you're only gonna lunge, it's important that you have a purpose to your lunging, right? That you just don't go out and like let your horse one. Yeah, it's wildly. not about go gallop around until he's too tired to misbehave. Um, I you like the lunging to make transitions and right. help the horse get on the aids and get bent and all of that just so you want to lunge how you would ride so yes. you want to start out like if i'm just going to lunge my horse if that's like today's workout plan i start out with 10 minutes of walking maybe hand walk around the property 
walk them on the lunge line. Like you don't want to just start galloping them around. You know, then I usually start out them out a little lower and rounder with the side reins a little bit lower. So they stretch um, like Herman suggested frequent changes of direction. Then usually like once they're stretching, I raise the side reins up just like you're riding. Like you start them a little lower low and then you bring it up because you don't want them just running around on the forehand the whole time. Transitions like Herman mentioned, walk breaks. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a technique to, there's an art to it. Yeah. If we're talking about it, there's yeah. an art to it. it it's just yes. not wild. You know, you're not trying to fly a kite. Yeah. It, there's an art and there's a skill and you have to really have like the correct groundwork foundation before you start being able to lunge really correctly or, um, and I show a lot about lunging and longlining in my groundwork masterclass, my dressage groundwork masterclass, um, because I don't show a lot of it publicly, like on my YouTube channel, I don't show how to longline because it's a very high skilled activity. And it's really important that you do the correct steps, because if you just try to put long lines and side reins on your horse, there's a high likelihood that they might panic and freak out and you might panic and freak out because you're holding on to all these lines. So it's definitely a skill set that you have to develop. Okay. Um, let's see. Robin says best wishes to you both. Um, did you have your back surgery? I did not have back surgery. Thank goodness. Knock on wood. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, Come here, Levi. Levi. I, um, Levi, over here. Was, I Levi. had my back injected and now I'm fine. Stop. Okay. Um, okay, here's a good question. My new horse is a 19 hand That's a Shire warm blood gelding. He's 14 years old, very much unbalanced. Would you please advise the first step to keep to help him? What would I do first? Groundwork. <laughs> I would do groundwork. Oh, someone loved your kneading the bread analogy in office hours. What's your kneading the bread analogy in case they weren't in office hours? Um, I asked her if she, because all my stuff is food, right? Everything. <laughs> yeah, all my, always they're all food. food. All my analogies are food. Yeah, I, every, all of my riding, I think about cooking. So there you go. And um, when I talked about the scrambling eggs and the suppling or whatever, and then I asked her if she ever baked bread. And so when you have to, you know, knead the bread, the dough to make the bread, it's, although you don't do it with both hands at the same time when you ride. <laughs> you're going to knead bread with one hand. Don't do it with both. Just like Okay, look, someone, someone else says, I missed the sofa behind you where Levi rested. That we should be taking <laughs> care of this week because we miss it too. So thank you for noticing. Yes, um, we have purchased Levi a new sofa for Christmas. If you were here last week, we gave our, each other the gift of not giving each other gifts. But we did but buy Levi, Levi a, a very expensive gift. So Levi <laughs> is getting a new couch. And uh, we just, we just got pick it up tomorrow 
Yeah, we just got a sack, you know, coal in our stocking, which was great because that way we have a couch for him. But <laughs> they were supposed to get that tomorrow, and uh, they sent us a thing that they were busy, and I will get it soon anyway. Kina said it looked like you were milking a cow, not kneading bread. <laughs> well, I've never milked a cow. Have so. you kneaded bread? I'm baked. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> my grandmother baked a lot. I made a lot of apple pies and bread and stuff when I was a kid. All right. Yeah, it was very nice. All righty, everyone. Um, I hope to see you on Sunday. Someone in the chat was asking, how do you get the worksheet? You need to RSVP for the webinar. We'll send you the worksheet. Um, it, the webinar is on Monday. I think I just said Sunday. Monday, New Year's Day, goal no, setting webinar. Super. Yes. I'll be milking a cow. I, I've got a new skill that I didn't know I had. <laughs> okay. Good night, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.